When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, here's a little secret with what I do at the Rod Peterson Show. I've made a career of it. I don't care whether you like me or you don't like me, but when you watch my show, I just want you to feel something. How about that? Whether you're happy or you're sad or you're angry or you're proud, I just want you to feel something. Because a lot of times you'll read a column or watch a show and say, eh. That's never been the hallmark of what I do. I want to make you think. I want to make you feel something. And it's worth And if you don't agree with me, I'll be fine. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah! Welcome to the RP Show. Do you know what has me saying that? What? Rob Hunt checking in from Leduc, Alberta. He says, I am Rob and I am a, I am a Rodaholic. Rob, the first step, of course, is recognizing it. Hello to Leduc, Alberta, home of the Edmonton Airport, and welcome to episode number 410 of the RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show. I'm glad that we got a follower out there near the city of champions. It's going to be a really fun day. I'm fired up. Yep. How about you? Oh, yeah. Fired up in a good way. For sure. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I think Rodaholic. We need that on a t-shirt. Yeah, now. write it down. Write it down. We got quite a few t-shirts we got to make. Some guy from Canada, Rodaholic. Yeah. We've already got the balls on the table t-shirt. It's going over very well. Oh, yeah. Hey, what are you all dressed up for? You got a job interview today or something? I'm glad you think I look great. This is just kind of semi. You know, well, I ran into a guy last night at Costco, Adrian. Uh, he's a cameraman from Global TV. Yo, Adrian. I used to yell at him every time I saw him. And I remember him saying, this is like 10, 12 years ago. He's like, Rod, you always dress so elegant. I was dressed like that. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. <clears throat> now I prefer hoodies and sweatpants. <laughs> That's the dress code around You've earned here. it. I've earned it. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that guy. So anyways, here's what's coming up on the program today. And part of why I'm so excited is we got three... I would say three hockey guys, but one guy's a little more football. We got Jason Tatarnik coming in here from the Estevan Bruins. He's the head coach and general manager, and I believe he'll be with us in hour one. And as we're going to tell Jason, and I'm going to tell you, he's going to speak on behalf of junior hockey coaches all across North America. For sure Canada, but maybe the U.S. too. Jason's coached in the BCJ, the Maritime Junior Hockey League, now the SJ. Highly successful head coach until this year because they couldn't get onto the ice. And I know that he's not afraid to speak on behalf of all those folks because he's done it once already Yeah, when the SJ got canceled. And then Ryan Leslie's going to join us from Sportsnet Flames, longtime buddy of mine. It's game day, and I'm going to tell you who the Flames are facing here in a minute. 
And then when we go to the national TV hour in hour two and where they really are digging us in Winnipeg, we're going to be joined by the sports doctor, Dave Patrician. And we'll be talking line A, of course. Jets aren't playing tonight. But we'll, we'll probably talk a little more CFL and Bombers. So those are the guys that are coming on today. Mark Zosel writes in and says, hashtag Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, I'll get to that. That'll be a bonus point, okay? Yeah, that's perfect. I'm going to write that down. It's not in my quick six show topics, but I have to address it. So let's go, Jordan, please, with the quick six show topics. And this is what we're going to be covering today. Number one. Super Bowl 55. I think you initially, I think it was you, Monday or Tuesday, said this is the greatest matchup of all time. Was it you? I've heard it, like, earlier in the yeah, week. Yeah, it wasn't me that said Do you think it matchup. is, though? It's, it's one of the greater storylines, I think, is wonderful. I, I said if Tom wins, this will be his greatest Super Bowl. I think this is one of his greatest achievements that he's ever had uh, in the National Football League. That's kind of where I sit on it. I don't know if it's the greatest matchup. I'd have to think about it, but... It's up there for sure. Uh, I'm interrupting this with some of our viewer comments. Yeah. John Ohm is already, he's up and he's at it in Winnipeg. John Ohm says, now that's a good looking hoodie. Rod, do you got Regina Pats too, bro? Moose looks like Miami Vice. Do I have a Regina Pats hoodie? John, if you didn't know it before, I'll say it. You never forget your first, right? Never. The Pats were the team I loved the first. They're the team that I loved the most. They're the team that I will always love, the Regina Pats, the world's oldest junior hockey team. So do I have a Pats bunny hug? I got about five, six jerseys, track suits, golf shirts. Uh, yeah, this is the only piece of Blades memorabilia that I own, but I, I must say I quite like it. Darren Thompson in Winnipeg. Uh, somewhere in Manitoba. He's his problem with line A was his defensive game in the playoffs. Well, he's gone. Let's stop trampling on the man's grave. He's gone. It's over. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm getting sidetracked. I saw somewhere somebody say this is the greatest Super Bowl matchup of all time. And it depends on what your definition is. But I'll go along with this. It's the GOAT, Tom Brady, versus potentially the next GOAT because they're saying Patrick Mahomes could be the greatest of all time. He could make you forget about everybody else, but he's got to win this one mm -hmm. against the goat. That's, that's a hell of a matchup. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, you're taking out the king. Yeah, that's the story. Right? You're that's taking story. him out. So to point two, who is the greatest goat of all time? And I got to defer to TSN Sports Center or give them credit because it was their question this morning. It wasn't a trivia question or, or uh, a poll, but it's going to be our poll. It is our poll. I'm calling it up right now to see what the results are. Who is the greatest GOAT of all time? Clark and I sat in the lobby here and kind of kicked some names around. This is who we settled on. Tom Brady, of course. Wayne Gretzky. Oh, the results are up already. Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, or other. He suggested Tiger Woods is the fourth, and I said, we got to leave it open for the fourth. So let's come up with the top three. Yeah. And Wayne is leading on Twitter, and he's leading on Facebook, I see. Oh, yeah. Fifty two to one, right? I mean, he's got two thirds of the vote for sure. Um, it's pretty good, pretty impressive. Wayne uh, uh, Sheldon Lasham in Calgary is writing in. He says Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan. Well, it's just Michael Irvin. Irv was the guy that was talking about this, and he's like basketball. You can kind of control a game by yourself. We've seen that hockey a little bit. But football is one where there's 22 guys on the field in the NFL and everything's got to go right. There's a very good case to be made for Tom Brady. 
with six championships. Wayne's only only got four. MJ's got six. And I stumped Clark by asking him which Major League Baseball player has the record for the most World Series. I wouldn't have got it, but I'm not the baseball guy. Yeah, me either. Anybody? Anyone? I'll let that float for a while before I answer it. And by the way, I had to look it up. So anyways, to the replies, Joe Lazito on Long Island is saying, he wrote in and he says, Don Cherry. Don Cherry is the GOAT, and I don't disagree. Uh, Todd Pickney says Michael Jordan. Don Landry, former voice of the Toronto Argonauts, checking in. He says Ali. That's why we had to lead the fourth open. Gordon Howe. Bob Friesen says Jack Nicholas. somebody has written in. So there's some consternation. It's a great great discussion. Yeah. Um, To point three. NHL.com coming out with their power rankings. Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, are now the number one team rated in the National Hockey League. You smiled when I said you love that. I love it. I love it. And I like following that team. So do I. Yeah. You love that they're number one or you love that I call them Canada's team? A little bit of both. A little column (laughs) A, a little bit of column B. You know, and it only took, what, a period the other night for the WHL guys, right? McCrimmon, Vivero, Seward, for those guys. They were down, what, three to one early? Oh, I thought. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, poor guys. Right? They're never going to get another chance. But then they got it together. And they have a chance tonight. They're coaching again. But I thought that old McCrimmon magic, of which I've been struck down by so many times, I thought it was going to come back and do-do-do-do on the Blues. And they didn't. The Blues won it in a shootout. Um, Anyways, Vegas is number one. Tampa Bay's number two. Washington's number three. Montreal's number four. And the Dallas Stars are number five. And I'm thinking some people are going to be saying, where's Toronto? Haven't you checked the standings? (laughs) Were you thinking that? No. You don't even think they're in the top five NHL teams? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, they haven't been all that convincing in their victories. Um, So, no, I don't. But we don't know enough about Florida and and Dallas and the the undefeated teams either. But uh, not, not yet. I would think probably top ten. Well, when, when, this is what I don't like about NHL.com's power ratings, rankings. And I should have known or I should have remembered. They only do the top 16 teams. How about doing 31? But they don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. So we do it. Remember, we started this. This is point four, the RP show, bottom five. Dun, dun, dun. NHL.com has the top five. This is the worst five in the National Hockey League because nobody else will tell you but us. Sorry to say, who do you think is the worst team in the NHL? At the basement? I don't know. Tell me. Well, well, in our ratings, and uh, coincidentally, also the worst record in the NHL is the Ottawa Senators, who are who we thought they were. The second worst team is the New York Rangers. But I do think they'll bounce back. Let's remember, we're only in week two of the NHL regular season using football um, vernacular. Third worst team is the Carolina Hurricanes. Fourth worst team is the Detroit Red Wings. And the fifth worst team is the Arizona Coyotes. This is actually all based on the standings, but aren't all power rankings, really? 
they shouldn't be, right? But they are. But they are, especially early on, right? It's all about what have you done lately. And and if they played tonight, this is how I look at the power rankings. If they played tonight, who would who has a better chance to win, right? So when a team starts slumping and playing bad, the record kind of goes out the window. Um, and it can juggle, but they're pretty accurate right now. Well, I'm going to have the binger, bingo dabber going in overtime <laughs> tonight into overdrive because there are 14 NHL games tonight. I'll be like that lady at the bingo hall. Bunk, 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 all over, right? Watching 14 games. Yeah. And we'll see if this shifts. But I think the RP show bottom five could really catch on, don't you? Oh, yeah. Because nobody else is talking about it. Uh, it doesn't make me feel good that the Arizona Coyotes are in the bottom five, but maybe they'll come out of it. Trent is watching in Norway where it is 5.11 p.m. Can you put that comment up, fellas? Norway calling. I see Wayne Gretzky is the greatest because he couldn't control everything around him and still did well. But if Brady wins the Super Bowl, he should get it. If you look at other sports like tennis, golf, and soccer, it becomes a major discussion. I need time to get some other names on this potential list. Stay well, everyone. And that's why we came up with it for the Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center. Who is the greatest goat? Who's the goat of all goats? Have you figured out yet who's got the most World Series as a player yet? What era? 50s, okay, 40s, no. 50s, 60s. No. Yogi Berra. Uh, who was incidentally the most quotable, not only baseball person, but maybe sports person ever. I still think about it all the time. Like when there's a really busy restaurant, there was one in Manhattan and Yogi Berra said this. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too busy. <laughs> think about that. That's funny. I know. That is good. <laughs> or... Uh, it gets late early out here. Stuff like that. When they're on a road trip to LA, yeah. it gets late early out here. Funny stuff. <laughs> Point five is split. Two things. Jim Rutherford steps down as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's really big news. And Darren Dreger comes on Sports Center, our good friend Dreg's pride of Langerberg Sask, and didn't really have any insider info on why Rutherford stepped down, other than to say I spoke to him earlier in the week and he seemed fine. This is completely out of the blue. The split point on this is John Chaka suspended, the former Arizona Coyotes general manager, suspended by the NHL by Gary Bettman until January 1st of next year. So that's like a full year suspension for John Chaka. That's two GMs that are out of a job. And in the case of Rutherford, everybody wants to know. Don't you want to know? Of course. Yes. Do we, do we have the right to know? Is it because he's a public person that has... Story should be out for everybody to see or not. Seems like the NHL media is respecting his right to privacy. Yeah, I like that for now. But they haven't given us enough info that we're satisfied, right? Personal reasons. So you immediately go to, I hope he's okay, right? Yep. And, when he, and if he would have said it was health-related, we'd have left him alone, right? We'd have been okay and respectful. But they said, it's not health-related. So then your mind goes to the tabloid magazines and you go, ooh. I Googled Jim Rutherford Reddit and nothing. Yeah, I know. They don't even know on Reddit. So now that we know, but now that we know he's okay, it's not health related. Now it's juicy. And now we got to know what it is. Monty in Saskatoon writes in, please do tell. Well, we don't know what it is. And the question is, do we have a right to know? Just like Jonathan Taves. Nobody's really talking about that, but he's not with Chicago yet. Right. Nobody's talking about it. Right. But. 
they said it was a health or a thing with his, you know, personal uh, mental he health. He said that. He didn't so at least feel right. We're yeah. respecting it, and they did promise to update. I got to speed it up here because our next guest is in the bunker. Don't want to keep him waiting. Point six. It references uh, or will touch on a question from one of our viewers, Sheldon in Calgary, regarding the Blue Jays. George Springer meets the media yesterday, and man, it looked good. He looked good. Everybody was speaking, saying the right things. George Springer, the star center fielder that is now a Toronto Blue Jay, richest contract in team history, six years, $150 million. Forget about Springer's news conference because he's going to say all the right things and he's got even more rich. I saw Mark Shapiro last night, the president of the, of the Blue Jays, on the COVID channel, CTV Newsnet. They took a break from COVID coverage to interview Mark Shapiro, the president of the Blue Jays. He was smiling the whole interview, which tells me he's a pr- pretty happy guy with the way things are going, and he got the number one free agent on the market. They still haven't officially announced yet that they're going to play in Buffalo, by the way. Right. So it's just... It's exciting. Three weeks before uh, Major League Baseball training camps open. Sheldon in Calgary asked, is this the greatest lineup in baseball? And here's the thing. I was hoping Shapiro would say this, and he didn't. We haven't won a damn thing yet. So we're very excited about our lineup. Yeah, we're, we're all in. We've pushed our chips into the middle of the table here, but we haven't won anything yet. But I get the sense from Shapiro that he's that kind of guy that Probably is pretty proud of himself and feeling pretty cocky right now. I would imagine. I would hope so. You know, and, and clearly he's got the uh, the answers or the the green light from upstairs to spend, right? Which hasn't always been the case in Toronto. They haven't always been able to spend, you know, and max out contracts and whatnot. So he's got some freedom. He's spending. And uh, you got to be pretty excited if you're a Jays fan. Everybody's excited. And that, that's why I love sports people going on the news networks because the newscaster was literally a fish out of water. She didn't even really know what to say. She was like, I'm a Jays fan, but I don't really know what's going on. So why don't you tell me how great you guys are? We're all excited. And maybe that's why Shapiro was, was smiling so much. He wasn't going to get grilled yeah. you know, by the normal sports media. So anyways, lots of co- uh, comments coming in here. But to say best lineup in baseball, just prove it on the field and we'll all be happy. Because right now, January doesn't mean much. Sorry to be Debbie Downer. And then on the Bell Let's Talk thing, my commentary on Cat Country 98, do you know what it was about today on Cat Country 98 FM? Charleston Hughes. You wouldn't have seen it because it didn't get posted until 10 o'clock. And now I don't think think he should have to take a pay cut because he's led the CFL in sacks the last four years. He should be held up as the CFL's Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt, but instead he's being forced to take a massive pay cut. It might be up to 50%. That shouldn't have to happen. You know why I'm not talking about Bell Let's Talk? Because I talk about it every single day, 365 days. So I'm not one of, like, I, I, who else is raising money for mental health? Nobody. I applaud Bell. Bravo. It's not their fault that I think it's not just to be talked about one day. But in my life, I talk mental health every single day. And just so you know, We all have mental health. We all have it, just like we all have physical health. But you can look at somebody and go, oh, he's got poor physical health. Or look at, oh, she's got great physical health. But with mental health, you can't look at somebody and tell, right? So we all have mental health. The question is, is it good or is it poor? Recognize it and then make the steps to get better and get stronger. That's my take on Bell Let's Talk Day. Thank you, Bell, for bringing awareness to the movement. But don't get fooled to think that we can talk about it one day a year 
and any difference is going to be made because you got to work on it every single day. Just relate it to your physical health. You're going to work out one day a year. How do you think that's going to work out? Yeah. You hope it leads to the change, and the change is consistency day in, day out. Day in, day, day, day out. out. That's my take on yeah. Bell Let's Talk. Talking hockey, when we come back, hang on. This has been the warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the NFL. You're watching on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube, and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody, on this Thursday. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues. Thanks for joining us for coffee today. Caliber coffee here in the bunker. I mentioned we're going to talk hockey now. And, but we'll continue. <laughs> we will continue all of our viewer comments and stuff. For instance, Dylan Uremko in Saskatoon is watching. He says, hey, Rod, are you coming out to Saskatoon International Raceway again this summer? You bet. That was not a one-time thing. I was in Estevan at the dirt track. I was at the drag track in Saskatoon. Our own track out here, the Motor Speedway. I am all in on racing forever. I love it. But... As I said, hockey's the thing. And Jason Tatarnik is the head coach and general manager of the Estevan Bruins. He joins us here in the bunker. Jason, uh, pleased to finally actually meet you face-to-face. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Rod. It's uh, great to see you in person, too. And Hell of a year. <laughs> it's been interesting, yeah. Yeah, it has. So, folks, here's the thing. We're not just going to talk about the Estevan Bruins and the SJHL. This gentleman right here is from Niagara Falls, Ontario. He's coached all across the country. And I said he's going to speak for junior coaches across the country hope you don't mind sure, you know, sure he's coached in the maritime junior league the bcj now the sj played at notre dame you told me that right you played yes, at notre did, dame yeah. brock university amsterdam tigers the hull thunder fayetteville force the macon whoopee remember that team they don't call it that anymore do they no i don't think so <laughs> but i remember the team and coached the woodstock slammers of the Maritime Junior League and then the Chilliwack Chiefs and, and now into Estevan. So see what I'm saying? This guy can talk about all of it. But let's – and you, you brought gifts, by the way. I got to thank you for this, by the way. I'm always a fan of – where should I put it, do you think, Jason? You can put it wherever, wherever, wherever you, want. you want. Look at this gorgeous thing, folks. Estevan Bruins jersey. Bryce Platt, who's a personal fan. I'm a fan favorite of his. Uh, so thank you, Jason, for that. Oh, we will find a nice home for it here. Uh, so here we go. How's life as a junior coach 10 months into a pandemic? That's a little difficult. It's uh, challenging times. It's, uh, you know, it's n- nothing we've seen before as coaches and hockey organizations. So it's, it's tough because you're, you're dealing with trying to get the season going. You're dealing with the, the mental and the physical well-being of your players and just a lot of organizing organizing, and plus waiting for answers. That's probably the biggest thing. Like just you're, you're not in the know entirely. Um, so that's what makes it difficult when you don't have the, the answers to give to your players. Well, let's, um, let's back up and go through this somewhat chronologically. Let's pick it up, uh, let's say, in August, where you think you're going to have a season or you finally get green-lighted. Well, you, you knew you were going to have a training camp, so you did, yeah. right? And then you ended up playing for a week or two. Um, what were the protocols and mountains you had to move to play? 
given this climate? Yeah, the first thing we had to do, like we Bill Child did a great job of uh, creating some protocol guidelines. And so we had to create, I, I believe it was like a 40, 50 page document uh, of all our protocols, what we would do with our players, uh, how we're going to handle the buildings, uh, travel, etc. It, it was pretty in, in depth and in detail. So that was the first hoop getting those into government and getting those approved. Did you have to do that? Or did the board help you? Yeah, or? you know, it was a group effort. Uh, you know, Danny Ewan did an excellent job on it. Uh, you know, he took the lead. So um, it's, you know, it was quite in depth. And we finally got those in and waiting for approval. And we had to be approved individually by the government, each team. So it wasn't wow. like SJHL here, the entire league's approved. It was individually, and we got that done. And then, uh, you know, we were able to get our season started. And, you know, I think things went really well for us in terms of uh, how we handled it and how we followed our protocols. And, you know, we did have the one case during the season. But, uh, you know, Melford did a great job. They contained it. It didn't spread throughout the team. And um, shortly after, we were shut down by the government. What would you get? How many games did you get in? Uh, I believe we got six in total. Okay, so, so over a period of two weeks, basically. So was that, am I right in saying there were only two positive COVID t- uh, cases in the entire SJHL in the fall? Yeah, and actually one was before the season even started. It was even before training camp, uh, just the prior. And so it, it didn't happen. We were actually in full operation or actually even started our training camps. Um, so really we had the one case. And did you not say that came from school, not hockey? Uh, it wasn't from the hockey rink. It wasn't from playing. It wasn't from his teammates. Um, that's all I know about it. Um, I guess there are some uh, private policies, policies yeah. in there. But uh, from my knowledge, it didn't come from anything to do with the game. So here come the questions from the viewers. And they're not, I don't think, that hard, <laughs> Jason. But Kyle Outridge is in Cambridge, Ontario. That's why I said he brings a national view, okay? He says, do you think the overage limit should be raised by one year? It's obviously coming up a lot. So 21-year-olds be, will be allowed to play or should. Where are you on that? Yeah, there's, there's an argument for sure that, to have that happen. And uh, you know, when you, you think about it, these players had their season shut down last year in March. And now they've only had six games. And these players are looking for opportunities to play uh, you know, NCAA hockey, CIS, um, maybe even professional. So you know, have that taken away from you is a, a difficult thing. Um, could you do it? Yeah, you could do it. Will there be some logistics and um, that you have to, you know, go through in terms of uh, how do you phase that out and how many, et cetera. It's not an easy thing to do. But it can be done. It's just if you are willing to, to do it and if you think that's important for the 20-year-olds to, to have that opportunity because we all know that schools have uh, granted their seniors an extra year. So the opportunities for these players next year are going to be limited. So... Um, you know, it's going to be a tough road for them if uh, they have to do that. Uh, the, the gentleman, Dylan from Saskatoon, says, thanks, Rod. 100%, he's 100% hockey in his heart regarding the uh, racing. Tony Cernick writes in, morning, coach, from the Energy City. That, by the way, is Esteban. So where are we now on a return to play? Do you know anything? Well, we uh, the league developed a task force to come up with um, – some proposals, some ideas, and we were able to talk to two gentlemen from government. Uh, I know it was a really good conversation. It was good to kind of get their mindset on things, and uh, we had good discussions, and I think it was good for them because they kind of got a sense of what our environment is, 
how protected it is and what our players are striving for. Um, I think they were quite surprised how important this time of year for the, these players are. And we talked about the 20 year olds. I said, I, I explained to them how important this development year is for them. Myself as a player, that was probably the most important year for me. If I didn't have that year, I probably would never went on to play university hockey, et cetera. So I understand the importance of that year. So, um, you know, I think we got that message across to them. And I think we got the message across to Volts how strict our protocols are and how limited we are with uh, contact within our community and outside our community. So hopefully they're going to bring that back to, um, you know, the people that need to hear it. And uh, we'll go from there. Connor Anderson watching in Yorkton. He says, I miss the SJHL games. Well, Connor, we all do. And I got to ask you this, Jason Tatarnik with his head coach and GM of the Estevan Bruins. When you met with government, did you get a sense of, well, at least you didn't die or were they, they were sympathetic to your concerns? Yeah, they were, they were appreciative of the, the information we provided to them. And, and it's, they, they said it's good information to have to bring back to the table for their group. And um, they, they are. They, 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 don't, they understand how important hockey is to our communities, to the province. And you know, they want to work with us to try and get this going. Uh, obviously, they have some, uh, you know, Things that they have to watch for in terms of, um, you know, taking care of the public in the, in the province, taking care of the people. So we understand that. So we just want to work with them to come up with a solution with, um, you know, a scenario where we can get back playing. As I mentioned, we've got some new viewers that have logged in and uh, Jason coached in Chilliwack, Woodstock of the Maritimes and now West of Anne. That is literally from, from coast to coast. And I've heard different things. Is the Maritime League playing? Uh, they are. Um, they're, they're a little bit different. There, there's three provinces that uh, play in that league, so each province has their own protocols for the COVIDs and when they shut down. But uh, what, what's beneficial for them is they know if the case count goes over this number, they're not playing. So they can monitor it and they can watch. So they'll play, and if the case count is below, they'll they'll continue to play. If it goes up, then the games are canceled that week. So. They, you know, they have a situation where they can monitor it and see, and they're, they're getting games in, and then they'll have to take a break. So, you know, it's great for them. And, you know, as a former coach, I'm really happy for the coaches and the players out there that they can play. How has your stress level been this year? I mean, I've been around coaches my whole life. You're responsible for 20 young men. That brings its own source of stress. This goes to another level, right? And trying to play, like, how, how have you been? Yeah, the, the stressful is is more about your players. Um, you know, I'll be able to take care of myself, and I'll I'll go on living. But uh, you're worried about those players that are missing opportunities. You're worried about players that you know need the sport. You know, if you talk to sports psychologists, like they really identify themselves as a hockey player. So when that's taken away from them, it's it's part of their life. It's been taken away. So it, it's a tough adjustment for them. Um, so that's the part I worry about. And, uh, yeah, there, there's some nights that you think about it quite a bit and not much sleep is, uh, is happening. But uh, someone you gotta find, you got to find some answers for these players. And I'm, I'm a person. I'm not going to give up. Um, maybe it's the Notre Dame hounding me. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kick and scratch and keep going to try and get the season to go. Lukter at Amerigo. Yeah. Struggle and emerge. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame – or, sorry, the Esteban Bruins are watching – and they say, Coach, they're waving, hey, Coach, rep that Platt jersey with pride, Roddy, hashtag Regina kit. I'll show it again. 
This Bryce Platt jersey that was brought in by Coach Tatarnik, trust me, I told him we'll find a very nice place for it here in the bunker. Thomas Abbott writes in, you know, Tank, is as hockey is needed in all the towns affected. Time to get back at it. Wake up, SAS government. Great show today, Roddy. Thank you. I'm just trying to show the team's side of what's going on right now. And one of our viewers wanted to know what the government deemed this province's government deemed dangerous about hockey. And I read the protocols. It was that you would be yelling as a coach and that would put more droplets in the air or their battle drills would be a problem. I'm not going to ask you to talk about this unless you want to, but just how dangerous hockey is in this COVID environment. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't go along with that, but I don't know where you are on that. Yeah. I think the one of the, ba- the biggest concerns for them was travel, uh, yeah. traveling into city to city. Yeah. Traveling to different communities. And I understand that. And, um, but I think the big thing is for them was to understand what our travel looked like. And I explained it to them that I used the Melville trip, for example. Uh, our players, you know, went on the bus. They had their masks on. We came into contact with a bus driver. And the bus driver usually waited outside away from the players when they walked in. And then we arrived at the rink in Melville. And, you know, we didn't come in contact with any of the staff, et cetera, when we arrived. We went and played our, our game, came in contact with 20 other players, officials, left, came into contact with the person that delivered the food, and went back to Estevan. So, you know, just demonstrating, you know, we're not really coming in contact with that many people, and I haven't seen a case or proven that it's been transmitted by competition. So, you know, we had those many games with no cases being transmitted during the games. So, I think that's a safe area as well, because there's no data to prove that it's not for us. So that was our biggest concern. I think we just had to tell them, like, this is what our travel looks like, and this is, this is how many people we come into contact with. Jason, do you have a few extra minutes? Sure. Clark's telling me that we have our next guest, Ryan Leslie, logged in, and he was scheduled for 1035, and it is 1035. His time, 935, Mountain, where he is, and it is game day. So, Jason, if I can interrupt you for a sec, uh, you can put on those headphones if you want to listen to this. Let's bring in Ryan Leslie. Oh, he went away. So... Oh, he, okay, he's good now. So Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Flames joins us. And Ryan, I appreciate uh, the time on a game day. Flames and Habs tonight, my man. You are looking fantastic. Are you down some weight here in the pandemic? Well, the baby fat's gone. What's up? Wow, Roddy. I, uh, You're welcome. You know, sit-ups are free, and I mixed in a little water. That's all. Good for you. Well, this is the Ryan Leslie you yeah. don't you, you don't normally see when you're watching the Flames on Sportsnet. Hey, Ryan, I appreciate this one and uh, the, the time. Flames Habs tonight. I know you never get tired of talking about these matchups, man. What is what's got you the most excited about this clash tonight in Montreal? Well, anytime those two teams get together, it's a blast. I mean, they've got such a, a great history. Uh, whenever things have met, there's been the Stanley Cups. There's been you know, some New Year's Eves. There's been some great uh, games in between. So uh, we're going to do this game from a standpoint of, if you can imagine, they're doing it technically from Toronto. The game's in Montreal, and we're going to kind of do it from Calgary. So there's a lot of logistical challenges. But I, as far as the matchup itself goes, I just want to see, you know, Calgary's dropped two in a row. Uh, Montreal has been lights out to start the season. This is their home opener. So they've done all this success on the road. And what's fascinating to me, anyhow, Rod, is the fact that Anybody who's played this game, and you've got a coach sitting right there and a former player right beside you who could tell this better than anybody, road trips are what help galvanize a team. And when you've got new faces, sometimes the road trip is exactly what you need. However, in this day and age, 
it's not the same. It's harder to bond and come together. You're not going to meals together. You're not going anywhere uh, for strolls around the city you're visiting. So uh, somehow these Canadians have come together with a lot of new faces and made it work. And now finally they get their home opener. And it's Montreal. You expect all of this pageantry. Well, tonight you're not going to have the fans. And so that's going to feel very different. So there's the game stories, there's the feel-good stories, there's the bizarre stories, there's the work story, but all of it comes together, and I think a, a really interesting matchup. And, of course, what we saw, uh, the Kachuk situation at the end against the Leafs, uh, you know, he has been playing a, a real uh, solid, greasy game, and uh, Johnny Gaudreau's off to a great start. So from a Calgary perspective, uh, Markstrom's been good. I, I think the Flames are right now speaking. They have their availability, so I don't know what's being said, but... Uh, yeah, there's lots to dig into tonight. Well, that's I won't keep you too long, but they're facing a team that if you go by the NHL.com's power rankings, Montreal has slipped into fourth overall in the National Hockey League, according to NHL.com. Do you, that would make them the best team in Canada Do you for now, this week. Do you go along with that? Well, from what I've seen, they look pretty darn good. And in conversations I've had with a number of players, including uh, former Leaf and Flame Matt Stajan, who echoed the same, you know, and you, you kind of you watch, you look with your own eyes, but when you talk to players, you look at, you, you ask them about, is it legit? And, uh, you know, we're going to have Corey Sarich on tonight. We talked to Stajan. We had Troy Brower and Brendan Morrison on the broadcast and talking about what the Canadians are doing. They, they look for real. It's early. Everybody gets that. But for where we are right now, this looks like a deep team. When you look at uh, the pieces that they have, Roddy, they've got uh, they've got a pretty solid blue line. They've got good goaltending, and they've got those new faces. Josh Anderson looks like he's fitting in nicely. So this looks like a pretty good team. It, again, early, but how important are the starts in this new day and age when it sounds cliche to talk about the importance of a start, but uh, there's not a lot of wiggle room. If you can get off the hop right away uh, the way you want, that's going to make a huge difference down the road. Well, in Ottawa's uh, last place overall in the, in the National Hockey League, Edmonton's got their struggles. Calgary's a few games behind because they haven't played enough, but those losses, I just, I'm, I'm intrigued by the alarm bells going off at the losses to the Leafs last week. Not to mention the way that it all went down. Like the Scotia North Division, man, it's the rivalries. Do you think the NHL really wanted that? Like the Muzzin Kachuk situation? Do they want this? I mean, we love it. Battle of Alberta, we love, but does the NHL want that kind of thing to happen at the end of a set between two, three games against each other? I don't know if the NHL wants it. I don't know if it's a big deal, really, in the big scheme of things. We're blowing it up because it's fun to talk about. And we're always looking for something, and it's great. But it's it wasn't. There's no dirtiness to it. It's still the NHL rod. Like it's still things are going to happen. We got to maybe not. Uh, shoot ourselves in the foot here with uh, overanalyzing something that really doesn't worry about it. It's I don't want to water this thing down or or make it seem like this is so egregious. Um, this is wonderful, and I don't think there's a lot of negativity to it. We may, you know, in various fan bases around the league may say, oh, this guy's bad or this guy's wrong, but what we're seeing is no big deal. I really don't think it's a big deal, and I don't think the NHL thinks it's one. Okay, good, but I also know they've instructed the networks, of which you work at one, not to show fights in your promo packages and commercials and stuff. They don't like to glorify rough stuff you have to agree i don't think that. we saw rough stuff i don't i don't think yeah i don't think this i don't think that was uh was that uh, big of a deal a, a flipping of the puck uh, i don't think that was a big deal 
And we're going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> Cheekiness. It was cheeky. Okay, yeah, yeah, it wasn't an outright brawl. We it can wasn't... still be cheeky, can't we? <laughs> I'll Jeez, tell you what. He's trying can... to take that away from us, Peterson, too? <laughs> what would Lou say, what what would Lou say about that? What would Lou say about that? Yeah, let's get back to the way it was. Yeah, uh, just fine. I missed the game the way it was. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good hoodie you got, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And Saskatoon! <laughs> Great people. All right. Listen, go get on that Zoom call. Les, we'll be watching tonight, buddy. Love you. Appreciate it. All the best. Thanks for having me. That was good. That was, that was uh, a good time, not a long time, with Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet Flames. More with Jason Tatarnik. This guy coached John Chaka in junior the former GM of the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to talk about, and some hockey stories when we come back. It's the RP Show. You're watching on Game Plus TV, Facebook Live, live daily on YouTube, and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Just checking the poll results uh, so far. It's the 24-hour poll for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who's the GOAT of all GOATs? Greatest of all time? Our options are Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, or other. And we're asking you to write in who might that be. I'm reminded that we're in Canada here. Wayne Gretzky is leading on Twitter with 53% of the vote and on Facebook, 52% with Wayne. And I'm not going to argue with that, but people are writing in Muhammad Ali. People are writing in Don Cherry, Jack Nicholas. So it's, it's a fantastic debate. A sports update. The Vancouver Canucks down the Senators 5-1 at home to extend Ottawa's losing skid to six games. JT Miller had two goals and an assist for the Canucks, while Thatcher Demko made 42 saves to give Vancouver its second win in a row over Ottawa. Nashville beat Chicago 2-1 in a shootout in the only other game. There are 14 games tonight, including Leafs at Oilers, Sens at Canucks, Flames at Habs, and Blues at Golden Knights. Jets are off. But next hour, we're going to Winnipeg. The sports doctor from the Winnipeg will join us, uh, Dave Patrician. Yanis entered to Kempo, had 24 points, 18 rebounds, and 9 assists. And the Milwaukee Bucks pulled away for a 115-108 win over the Toronto Raptors in Tampa, Florida last night. Norman Powell led the Raps with 26 points. Blue Jays have acquired left-handed pitcher Steve Matz in a trade with the New York Mets. The Blue Jays are sending right-handed prospect pitchers Yenzi Diaz, Sean Reed Foley, and Josh Winkowski to New York. The 29-year-old Mats has spent his entire career with the Mets. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room. They can handle all your food and fun needs. Visit them in the heart of the Dudney Strip and check out their website, ballersrecroom.com. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Love to give Jason Tatarnik a Red Bull on his way out of here. The head coach and GM of the Esteban Bruins. Have you ever had one? No, what when I was playing in in Europe, they, that's when it first came out. So there was quite a quite a bit of everybody oh, liked yeah. it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we got a fridge full. If you're uh, feeling a little down at all, uh, energy wise, Jason, you really piqued my interest when you said you coached John Chaka in Woodstock of the Maritime Junior League. I met him in Arizona when I was down there hanging around the Coyotes, doing some promotions with the Coyotes. 
He, I was reading up on him today. Named the youngest GM in NHL history at 26. And it looked like it was going okay. And now he's suspended until next year. What can you tell us about John Chaka as, the, as a player? You know, he was a pretty skilled player. Um, and a very intelligent hockey player. Uh, and, you know, obviously you saw what he went on to accomplish. He was talking with the company when he was playing junior hockey. That he, you know, he had that in his mind. Which is an analytics company, correct? Yeah. 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 So, you know, to, to be thinking about that at that age is, you know, it's remarkable. You know, you don't, uh, most junior hockey players aren't thinking about uh, what type of business I can build at that age. So, <laughs> no. you know, I'll give him credit and he did a great job with that. So, um, you know, was I surprised to see him become a, a GM at that level after seeing, you know, the success of his company? No. Um, you know, that's, it's a tough gig though. It's a tough job. It's it's not easy to be an NHL GM and not different than the, uh, being a coach. Uh, coaches and GMs go, so that's the way that business works. So it's a, it's a tough life. Yeah, well, you know yourself, what you see is very rarely what you get. But we had Paul Bissonnette on here a couple of weeks ago, who is a Coyotes analyst and one half of Spit and Chicklets. And I said, at the, at the very least, that ownership group of Drummond and LeBlanc left the team better off than when they found it. And that included John Chaka. I just look at it as he got him into the playoffs. They hadn't been in the playoffs since 2012. That's not the only measure, but overall, I think he did a good job from what I see. Yeah, when you say measurement in the NHL right now, you look at how many ge- how many teams there are. It's, it's tough to get in the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 50-50. And so to get in the playoffs, that's, you know, that's an achievement for him and that team. And so... Yeah, you know, you can have your view on him as a GM being that young, etc. You hear it all over the all over the place, but like you said, he he got them in the playoffs. We've got uh, Neil Shuchuk watching an SJHL Hall of Famer Shuey watching from White Court, Alberta. He's a longtime radio man of CJVR Melford, voice of the Mustangs. Humboldt Broncos and Nippon Hawks. He says, great to see SJHL on the show. For sure it is, Shuey. And, and as I said with Jason, he brings a national view as a guy that's coached in three junior A leagues across this country. And did you end up playing junior A or did you go straight to university out of Notre Dame? Yeah, I, w- I went straight to university yeah. out of Notre Dame. I, I did the pro thing first and then I got sent down to the, the minors and decided that uh, I go to school. And so I, I went to school and started school in January. And then uh, went and played uh, pro after school again. So mm-hmm. Well, and for all the new viewers, see, there's a lot of new people chiming in here. And also people voting on our poll. Bobby Orr, get a vote from Paula for Bobby Orr for the greatest goat of all time. Well, maybe I should ask your vote. <laughs> Who is the greatest of all time of all the greatest of all times? Our options are Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, or other. Who are you voting for on that? It's a tough one, like. I'm a Pats fan, so I understand what Brady's done. And um, obviously, being a hockey player, you see what Wayne Gretzky's done. It's a so. tough call, isn't it? And then you look, you watch that uh, documentary on, on uh, the Bulls and Mike Michael Last Jordan. Dance, yeah. Like, <clears throat> it's it's hard to pick one out of the three, to be honest, with the respect of sports. But I guess being Canadian, um, uh, I'd have to go with Wayne Gretzky. I was just going to say, of of hockey, would you agree that he's number one, even? Yeah, you know, you look what he he did, how he changed the game, and you know, you can have the same argument for Bobby Orr as a defenseman, but uh, you know, I I'd put those two in the same category if uh, in terms of changing the game, but you can't ignore what Gretzky accomplished overall. Exactly. Well, Janelle from Saskatoon writes in. She says Tiger Woods, for sure. Let's not get testy here. There's room for everybody. 
But it's a, it's a fun debate. Let's not also forget international competition. That's the one thing, Jason, you and I are around the same age. Let's just talk about 80s, Canada Cups, um, Super Series, whatever you want to call them. That was a whole other side story of their career that these other guys don't have. Well, no, Michael Jordan, yeah, he played in the Olympics. Tom, there is no international football for him to play. What Gretzky did on the international stages would qualify him for GOAT, I would think. Yeah, and you look at the countries that uh, play the game of hockey and how it's evolved. Um, it's a pretty stiff competition. And I remember those Canada, the Canada Cups. You know, I, w- I was in Hamilton. I watched those live, and it was just unbelievable. That's probably some of the best hockey I've seen uh, overall. It was just fantastic hockey, right from goaltending, Grant Fuhrer, um, just the, the, the amount of talent that was on both teams from the Russians and Team Canada. Like, I, I, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was a great way to kick off hockey season, too, by the way, and end the summer, if you recall. <laughs> right? We were back in school, and those Canada Cups were being played, and we were all around the TV. By the way, Peanut Butter Pete Saragella is watching, and he says Tom Brady is more than a patriot. He's proving that now. Thanks for the uh, greased wheels there, Pete, by the way. My favorite. I hope those are tower specials. Do you know what kind those are? I didn't look at them. They're all good. I, I didn't but... look at them because I probably would have ate it. So I just <laughs> he knows what my box. favorites are. He knows what my favorites are. Hey, before I let you go, boy, we sure got people going on with, with all our topics here. But on, can I just ask you this? Who is your NHL team? Detroit Red Wings. Wings? Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Ups, ups and downs. But with the Oilers... I don't know if you probably saw they blew one in the third in Winnipeg the other night, and the analysts are saying that there was fatigue and their schedule caught up with them, and Oilers are my second favorite team. Vegas is number one. How can you, in today's day and age, say fatigue a week into the regular season can cost you a third period? With all due respect to Noodles, are you buying that fatigue in this day and age? It's, you know, game shape's different than just being in shape. Um, and also the mental part plays into it as well. So, you know, it could be a combination of both. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, when, to win hockey games, that third period just becomes a mental battle. Um, just doing the little things. And you uh, we were talking about Montreal. If you watch them, they, they've won so many games on the road. Just doing little things right. And that adds up and that builds confidence and it helps wins, wins hockey games. And you kind of pay attention to more on the road. And, um, yeah, so I, I think yeah, you could say physical side's a little can be a problem, but it's a combination, and um, it's just, you know, do you want to win? How bad do you want to win? Yes. Well, and that's what's scary for the Oilers because we're starting to wonder. Jason, we're completely out of time, but thanks for the gifts. Thanks for the visit. Stay healthy, and uh, hope to see you on the ice soon. Thanks, and I'm, I'm hoping we are. Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, coming up next hour as we go live to Game Plus Television and a whole lot more. Stick with us through the break, everybody, or keep watching us here on your favorite digital platform. Now I'm the whore and the pimp. That's where the money is. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.